It's Wednesday, May 25th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I've stumped you already. You've stumped you're, me already. I've no, thrown just, you. I'm, I'm just sort of staring at you're the lineup. You're aghast. Uh, oh, I'm not aghast. Well, at least not the topics that we're going to talk about. There are other things about which I am aghast. But um, we, we, we continue to have news. We continue to have earnings, even though earnings season has, has most certainly tapered off. And we're coming up on Memorial Day, so we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But let's start with some, some earnings from Intuit, which is the... This is Intuit. Yet another company that uh, is best known not by the company name, but by one of the products that it makes. And in this case, it is the maker of TurboTax. Uh, third quarter profits came in higher than expected. They raised guidance for the full fiscal year. Everything about this report looks good. Everything and, good, yep. And shares down about 3%. Right. And, and that's just a function of the Company having traded the stock, having traded up three, four dollars a share yesterday, I guess in anticipation of the earnings release, the company had already announced at the end of April that it had a very good tax season. So there was sort of a pre-announcement of good news, which had already flowed into the stock. This was a day before I think uh, H&R Block pre-announced, "Wow, we really had a bad tax season." Um, and you may ask yourself. How can that be true right. for these two? Yeah, and that's that's the problem for H and R Block and Intuit's on the right side of current history. Anyway, this is where people are bringing their business at tax season. They had their best tax season ever. It's the biggest quarter for the company. They're not just uh, TurboTax, Quicken uh, Books is also a very big product, but TurboTax is, is isn't it QuickBooks? QuickBooks, yeah. Okay. And so this is uh, a great quarter, and the good news had basically already been priced in. As you say, it's not usual. You see company raise guidance, hit numbers, surpass estimates, raise guidance, and move down. But that's a function of looking at the stock price, which was 107 yesterday, which is more than 30 times this year's earnings. Not that bizarre for a strong software type company, but this. Was already, uh, you know, a, a strong year for the stock, and you would expect them, just as I assume you would expect H and R Block. I mean, we're, the quarter that we're talking about is the quarter that includes tax day. So, if if they're not getting it done, then so I, I guess I would look at H and R Block and just ask, uh, how's your business model going? Yeah, how's that working out for you? I mean, it's it's kind of like a retailer that can't get it done. In December, yeah, and H and R Block is much more of a one-trick pony than Intuit. As big as TurboTax is, they have other software that companies use throughout the year, and H and R Block, uh, I suppose, pretends that it, it has a business throughout the rest of the year other than tax time. But it really, they're on the wrong side of history at this point. I think they got a good ad campaign, though. Did you see their TV ads around like the NCAA tournament, that sort of thing? Just, Remind me. No, it was just the guy. I like, didn't watch. I don't watch as much college hoops as you do. Uh, it was basically like, "Come get your money." It was basically like a, a guy with a with a great voice just laying out the why you should go to H and R Block, and I thought it was a great ad campaign, but apparently ineffective. Did you go to H and R Block? Uh, I actually did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. And? So don't blame me, H and R Block. Good experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're great. 
I mean, you're not uh, being audited or anything, I, uh, as far as we know. Well, unlike not um, not yet. One at least one of our presidential candidates. So you're. <laughs> That's true. As, That's true, and and like maybe you should have gone to H and R. And like one of our presidential know. candidates, I'm not making my tax records public. <laughs> um, one qu- last thing before we move on to Tiffany, uh, you mentioned that Intuit pre-announced that they had a really good quarter. Why would you do that? Why? I, I, I feel like if if I was running a public company and I knew the quarter that we were going to be announcing in say a month or so was was going to be a great report, I wouldn't tip the hand like that. Well, sometimes, and I don't know if this that was the case here, but companies will, if they're going in front of uh, investor conferences, and they've got news to share, and this is you know this is how we are looking at the rest of our year or next year, and they're trying to guide people. You don't need to wait for the quarter to wrap up. Uh, look, it's it's a month later right now. At uh, April fifteenth, they basically know how the quarter went and so i think it was april 23rd or 24th something like that where they gave this uh information to the market and probably because they wanted to share it in other uh fora than just uh just there tiffany's first quarter sales fell 7% profits for the quarter were light and they lowered guidance other than that mrs lincoln <laughs> i was the play it had been another bad uh, <laughs> Bad earnings period for Tiffany, following on many others. Uh, this really is a company that hasn't done. They've a had a whole bad lot. stretch here. Yeah, it's been about five years of, of roughly flat sales. Uh, it's a little higher than it was five years ago, but not enough. The earnings haven't moved up. Um, it it was propelled higher on a, a stronger, or sorry, a weaker dollar. Uh, that is a trend which seems to have not only reversed, but may take many years uh, of reversing if it takes the same amount of time that the weakening of the dollar did. Uh, so it can keep coming out and saying, "Well, this is the dollar's fault," um, but you know, this is not this is not really like weather. Uh, some quarters there really is bad weather, and some quarters there really is good weather. And companies don't always give the weather the credit when they're on the right side of it. They always give weather the blame when they're on the wrong side of it. Weather, uh, good weather never gets the credit. Almost no. some companies do. Maybe some tourism. Maybe some companies will do that, and they're the the ones you should be more interested in investing in if they're the ones that talk about weather both when it helps and hurts, so that you have an idea of whether they're executing or whether they're not. Uh, Tiffany needs a, a weaker dollar apparently to have the, any significant uh, business growth, and and it's not on the way. Shares of Tiffany stock are down thirty four percent in the past year. If you're a value investor and you think, well, look, the the dollar can't stay strong forever, and they've got a strong brand. And we know there is virtually no danger that this is a business that is going to go down market in the way that others have done. Is this a value opportunity right now? It's not cheap enough. It's trading at almost 18 times earnings right now, which is a tiny bit less than the market, about 10% less than the market as a whole. But it's not growing as fast as other companies in the market are. And it, how much. More interested are you in 
high-end jewelry as a proposition 10 years from now than, than today. I mean, where is that going? It's, it, it is dependent on people agreeing that diamonds, which are in reality basically valueless, uh, have this great value. That as long as everybody assumes the emperor's clothes, that diamonds have some intrinsic value, then they've they've got a business, uh, but you know they make something which is about the same today as as a hundred years ago. I mean, gold is not the, the functionality of this stuff is not changing. Sure, it's pretty though. It's pretty, uh, <laughs> but then some, again, a lot of some, things are pretty. Sometimes you got to go out and buy some. This is they get about nine percent of their business just from uh, the New York flagship. Which is a lot of tourism, and one assumes. Wait a minute! Nine percent of Tiffany's sales come from a single location. Yeah, that makes me even less interested in their business model. Right, and so where is that coming from? A lot of it's coming from tourists who are not flooding New York because of the strong dollar at the moment, uh, and you need, uh, I think, a lot of rich uh, Wall Street. Guys that are in trouble at home um, shopping at <laughs> Tiffany's uh, when it's necessary. That's one of those things that is absolutely true, but there's no way you can advertise for that. There's no advertising campaign that Tiffany could roll out to really try and juice that niche part of their market. Uh, right. Well, you don't have to, do you? You don't have to point that out. Probably not. That information has probably seeped best out. if you don't. <laughs> Um, Microsoft shares are up slightly on the news that the company is laying off nearly 2,000 people and taking a $950 million write-down related to the mobile phone business that it bought from Nokia uh, back in 2014. The deal closed in 2014. They, they announced it in the fall of 2013. And just as a refresher, do you remember what they paid for this business? Uh, $7 billion, I think. Seven point two billion dollars and I think if you're a Microsoft shareholder this is just one more reason to be happy about Satya Nadella occupying the CEO chair because he didn't make this deal he's not the one who gave the green light to buy Nokia for 7.2 billion that was who is that guy uh, that's Steve Ballmer that's uh, Los Angeles Clippers owner Steve Ballmer <laughs> um holy cow this is, I mean, we were talking about this earlier today. This was one of those stories when we saw it this morning. We both had the same reaction, which was, I'm, I'm pretty sure we called this. Yeah. We, we, by the way, not, not that we're the only two people. We and <laughs> no, everybody else. Everybody else not named Steve Ballmer saw this coming. Yeah. Uh, I was reminded, uh, we started to think, well, what are the mergers or acquisitions where you saw it and you just immediately said, I'm not in that industry? I don't know as much as all the people have been working day and night on on this uh, proposition are, but I mean, wow, that really makes no sense to me. And and I think that when Countrywide was acquired by uh, Bank of America, that was one of them. Uh, and this was another where you just say, God, that's 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 not going to work, is it? What is it? Somebody else knows that I don't know. And and apparently we. <laughs> I think having more knowledge than we had at the time was a dangerous thing for Microsoft. But I understand, okay, why do you try to do this at all? You see 
the profits that Apple was making on the iPhone, and you say some we're gonna we're just as good as they are if people would just bother to try our products. And and that was the thinking, I guess, or we'll make something that's just as good or better, and we've got the soft you know software talent to do it, and you know they were wrong because uh, there's just too much of uh, an entrenched. Um, you know, customer base already in the iPhone. Years ago, Bill Simmons, aka the sports guy, wrote a column in which he put forth an idea for professional sports teams that they hire what he referred to as the VP of common sense. And I believe this was in relation to the NFL draft, where teams were talking about drafting players that. Uh, they assumed were sort of uh, diamonds in the rough, that sort of thing, when there was an obviously great player sitting there waiting for them to draft. And and Simmons put forth this idea that teams that are working hard uh, on anything, whether it's a trade or a draft or, or any sort of deal, need someone that they can go to who is not in the room, who's not in that bubble, because you can absolutely get that sort of bubble mentality. And and I think this applies to business as well. Someone who's on the payroll, who's not with the team every day, not with the executives every day, and but is, is getting paid just to be sort of a sounding board. And then you just sort of go... Because I think if back in the day, Microsoft had a VP of common sense, they could have gone to and said, "Oh, by the way, we've been working on this deal. We think we can buy Nokia's phone business, mobile phone business, for seven, just north of seven billion dollars. What do you think of that?" I think the VP of Common Sense goes, "What are you nuts? Do you have any ideas how many different ways you could spend seven billion dollars? You don't do that. That's just, no, no, that's not going to work, and you're just going to end up writing it off." So, I agree, uh, and but they're not the only ones, right? Uh, Amazon. No more success in trying to break into the phone market. Oh yeah, less success than than Microsoft has had. Tim Hansen last week as much money. Tim Hansen last week uh, uh, bringing up the example of Google buying Motorola's phone, a deal that I had completely forgotten about until Tim mentioned it. And they paid more for Motorola's business than Microsoft paid for Nokia's mobile phone business. So all these guys see each other's monopolies and they think, justifiably, we have the ability to do that thing. Well, also, and then we can have some of the profits. But there are certain markets, certain devices, certain software platforms where it's 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 over. And and phones may not be it, but you think of uh, so Google Search, for instance, and its dominance. Who who else has tried to crack into search? You know, uh, everybody. everybody. Facebook, like, well, we can do search, right? Microsoft, we're, we're great. Yahoo. Uh, and or or who's tried to duplicate Facebook? How's how's Google Plus working out? You know, they're all going to take their crack uh, at each other's business, and you know some of these businesses are just monopolies. And I don't think the phone market is a monopoly. Obviously, the Android system has has uh, got plenty of market share, um, but Microsoft does not and will not. And I mean, I can remember talking to a friend who worked at Microsoft and this was maybe five six seven years ago and he had his Microsoft phone out which of course I had never seen one and, and I'd say isn't that cute that the, that you're still trying and then, and that was you know years before this acquisition of Nokia 
where, where it was already possible to write off uh, Microsoft's efforts in the phone market. But uh, you know what? They're making tons of money. They can make some. This, you know what this was? Kind of as 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 big as seven billion dollars sounds like. It was a little bet for them. It was a little bet. It was a little bet. Yeah. And again, I'll, I'll say it again. Just one more reason to feel good about Satya Nadella as yeah. CEO. Uh, before we wrap up, Memorial Day coming up. You're yes. Not, you're not on the road. I'm not on as long a road as I hear that you're on. Right. I'm. I'm just. I've got like a soccer. You've got regional, regional soccer. Tournaments. Yeah, it's like an hour drive. Okay. If there if there's no traffic, which I'm hoping there won't be this <laughs> Memorial Day weekend. How about you? I am driving to Central Ohio because that is where the high school uh, national rowing championship right. yeah, I mean, is you're, taking place. You're flying into an airport near Central Ohio and then driving the rest of the way, right? No. No, I'm uh, I'm driving the whole way, uh, but like you, I'm hoping that it, realistically, and and maybe this is me being just stupid, but realistically, I think you're already <laughs> already highlighting whether this is realistic or not. I I'm I'm hoping that once I get out of the greater DC area, once I get say forty miles north of DC, once I get past the two seventy spur. And then a little bit further than that, I'm hoping that oh, traffic won't be bad as I'm heading into western Pennsylvania and then into Ohio. How, how close do you come to Pittsburgh? Uh, I come close-ish to Pittsburgh, but not so close that I'm going to stop off in Pittsburgh. Right. But uh, you could be picking up some traffic from the good people of the Iron City <sighs> joining you on the road. For anyone listening to, in to get to, please, <laughs> get to just, just stay. Stay home. You don't want to hit the road this weekend. You'd be crazy. You'd be stupid to want to drive around this weekend. Well, what would you be doing if you weren't on the road? As you're going off to uh, one of your children's sporting yes. events, yeah. As as am I, but I'm a little bit more local, right? And then uh, other than that, uh, grilling because this is, I mean, it's the what's on the menu. It's it's on, it's the start of summer, so it's the start of barbecue season. What's on the menu? Uh, a lot of meat, I'm imagining. Here's, you know, in all seriousness, here's here's my. It's not a New Year's resolution, but let's just say it's the beginning of summer grilling resolution. More kebabs. Kebabs are kebabs are great, and I don't make them nearly enough. And I got a kebab set uh, for Christmas that I I still haven't broken out yet. So I'm gonna do that. I'm going to be looking for kebab recipes. A kebab set. You skewers, you mean? Skewers. Yeah, but it's 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 not just skewers, it's skewers that lay on top of uh, some sort of uh, platform and you put the whole thing in and and they um, they grill without really sticking to the grill. Ah. Okay. So, so kebabs, that's going to be on the menu. What are you going to be grilling up? I don't know. I I mean, I think the kebabs sound great. I cheat a lot and get sort of the pre-loaded kebabs from from your your Whole Foods or something. Oh, okay. Where they've just done all the work for you, and all you got to do is do the cooking. You know what? That's fine. I'm, I'm not going to look down my nose at that. I don't have one of these fancy <laughs> sets. I I didn't even know there was such a thing. I just I mean a set. The skewers. What else is there? Can, can I just say one thing about skewers that that I I, I find a little bizarre? Is the whole wooden skewer thing? Because just get the metal skewers, okay? Nothing's going to happen to them. They're not going to disintegrate. The wooden skewers, where you have to, it's like, oh, you can use wooden skewers, but then you have to soak them in water for like three hours ahead of time. Just just buy the metal skewers. By the way, it cooks faster if you get a metal skewer than a wooden skewer. 
All right, but if you're going to Whole Foods and you get the kebab, they're not handing out metal skewers. Right. Yeah, know, that's true. They're not throwing those away. That's true. So you you know you got it, and yeah, they burn and and catch on fire on occasion if you're bad at grilling. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I will. I'll just say this. I'm not. I'm not Ron Gross level great at grilling, um, but I my stuff is uh, almost never undercooked. If I air when I'm grilling, if I air, it's on the side of is, overcooking. Is that, is, that, is that a claim to fame? Like I don't undercook, therefore, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm 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 damning myself with faint <laughs> praise. When you come to my place and I'm grilling, well, I got to come over and make sure that I can get some overcooked. Uh, Anything. Fill in the blank. Overcooked anything. Overcooked anything. So, go in, I'd I'd like it medium rare. What am I going to get? Medium, at least, and probably well done. (laughs) So, so yeah, don't. You you can come to my house for some grilled food. Just don't expect it to be anything approaching medium rare. uh, Could I, like, sneak it off the grill while you're not looking? You you never touch another man's grill. (laughs) Ever. Fair enough. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.